0: It is time for you to put up or shut up. Because I am the man that talks to poop on the mic. If you don't like it, you can take a hike. Huh? Wait, no, that, that's not it. Hold on, let me, let me do that again. Oh yeah, what I meant to say is, sorry about your What the Whoa! What the sky was shit? Your eyes do not deceive you. The iconic Big Money Matt Hardy, the Kingmaker has returned to the impact zone. Because I think you forgot exactly who you're talking to because this right here, no disrespect guys, this is a private conversation, not a private party. Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back to another episode of the Ryan Angelo Impact Power Hour. Uh, Just Ryan tonight. uh, And we are going to talk about the fallout from Hard to Kill episode of Impact from January 19th, 2021. Um, It's a little later than normal. um, But uh, we do have some news beforehand to go over. Um, so we'll get to that. Uh, but just a reminder to follow us on social media at Deep Six Wrestling on Twitter, on Facebook, and on YouTube, as well as subscribing to the podcast, um, on Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, or Google Podcasts, whatever it is, um, Apple Podcasts, um, Tune in Stitcher, Overcast, Breaker, um, all that jazz. Um, it's greatly appreciated if you could give us a review, a rating, uh, share us with family, friends, relatives, coworkers, enemies, pe- random people on the street, whatever you want. Uh, just to help grow the audience is always something we would appreciate. Uh, so getting into the news for Impact, uh, as Impact is always done, uh, they do bulk tapings where they just tape a bunch at a time, um, and it's being reported that, uh, ODB, uh, former knockout, uh, of our own right, uh, is at the tapings as well as Black Taurus, uh, from, uh, AAA, uh. So, they didn't appear on this episode, there was no mention of them, but something uh, to look forward to if you're fans of either of them. Uh, And secondly, Ethan Page, uh, after Hard to Kill, uh, wrote a very lengthy uh, post about uh, how he was very disappointed with Impact, uh, how he's never coming back to Impact, um, and how he feels like they disrespected um and kind of massacred uh his vision for karate man. Uh he posted the full video of karate man versus Ethan Page on his YouTube for free. Uh and said that originally uh their match was going to just be a YouTube match. Uh that's all he ever wanted it to be. Uh but Impact got involved. They said they wanted it uh on hard to kill. Um and then they edited it, they gave the script for a lot of stuff, um, and it's much longer than the basically three minutes that it was given on, uh, the Hard to Kill show. Uh, so, definitely burning his bridges, but it makes sense, uh, if you come up with something creative on your own like he did for Karate Man, I don't see why, uh, you'd be happy with that finished product. Um and it just brings a lot of questions about impact to the forefront here. Um I said it on uh before me and Angelo had this conversation on one of our uh, other episodes about how the Rascals were given this great send off, basically like a twenty, twenty five minute send off uh of a final match, main eventing an impact show. Um and it was all about them. Uh there were videos showing off like some of their past efforts. Um, like a best of the Treehouse, all this stuff. Um and they were there for two years, they never won anything. Yeah, they were fan favorites. But um then Hard to Kill on the pre show. Mass and Rain announces her retirement uh from Impact, her retirement from wrestling altogether. Um with a minute left on the pre-show, um, there's no big send-off for her, uh, she, they mentioned that she was there for 15 years, um, in some, in some capacity, whether it was producing, uh, doing, uh, uh commentary near the end, um, as well as, of course, uh, wrestling, uh, I, I just think that's wild that you don't give her a big send-off, it's just a, One minute on the uh, on the uh, pre-show. Also interesting that the fight um, TV version of it did not have that. So only if you were watching on Axis or on YouTube did it show up. Uh, The fight stream kind of uh, cut out the final like three minutes of the uh, pre-show. So interesting stuff there. Um, Ethan Page, it has. It, uh does say that this is, that was his send-off, uh, the Karate Man versus Ethan Page was his send-off, that's his final match. Apparently his contract didn't end December 31st, like he teased, uh, it actually ended in, in November, uh, it was just that since they tape in bulk, it went all the way till December 31st, basically, um, plus a few episodes in January leading up to Hard to Kill, um, so interesting stuff there, again, longest, one half of the longest reigning tag team champs, uh, just getting a really shitty goodbye, um, Madison Rain, one of the longest, uh, tenured knockouts, uh, in the company, getting a pretty shitty goodbye, um, and we'd get another goodbye tonight, it seems, uh, so, uh, we'll go over that, um, so, going into the, this Impact show, um, we're going to start it off with our opening match, obviously, and it is Eric Young versus Rhino. Um, and if you're looking forward to returns, another return if you didn't watch Hard to Kill is Brian Hebner, uh, former head ref of Impact, uh, who left to go be the head ref in NWA, uh, is now seemingly back. Uh, full-time, at least, or at least in these block of tapings. Uh, he did a few matches at Hard to Kill. He did a few matches here. Um, so, interesting stuff. Uh, also, if you didn't watch Hard to Kill, you'd probably be like, Oh, who are these new commentators? It is Delo Brown and Matt Stryker. Um, there were a few issues tonight with commentary. Um, and it's not really their fault. It was mainly production, impact production. Um, just being shoddy. Um, where both commentators at different points, their vo- their mic volume went way too low, so you could barely hear them. Um, I think it's one of those things where they're trying a lot of things all at once. They're, it feels like they've mic'd up the ring a little bit more, so the, what's going on in ring, you can hear a lot better, which is fine if you're going to do that. Um, they have also now have the built-in crowd noise, which at times is louder than what's going on in the ring, um, and a lot of times is overpowering the announcers, uh, which is not great. Um, so definitely gotta work out the kinks there. Um, this was not a quick, uh, this was not a long match. Rhino ends up tapping out to Eric Young. Uh, Eric Young doing his little, like, ankle slash toe lock or foot lock, um, that he did to Rich Swan at, uh, Slammiversary, um, and... Uh, cousin Jake comes over to try to break it up. Diener and Joe Doring beat him down. Diener then runs out, uh, chases the ref out of the area, uh, so he can't break it up. Um, and then grabs a chair. They put the chair around uh, Rhino's foot, and Joe Doring stomps on it a few times. Um, so it seems like they're writing Rhino off with an injury. Um it was also interesting that Rhino comes out with the Call Your Shot Gauntlet trophy uh, that he won a few months back, uh, which he said he was going to use for uh, him and Heath when Heath heals up. Um, now it feels like uh, you could go two ways here. You could say that you know you want that Call Your Shot Gauntlet uh, trophy to be used. We don't know when Heath is returning. I think this is writing Rhino off with an injury is a good way so that they can return together whenever that is. Um maybe Heath is nearing his return. I don't know. Um but I do think that uh it, it definitely would help if, you know, uh you could you, like come up with, like, Eric Young saying, well, I, I've taken him out of commission, I want the Call Your Shot gauntlet, um, trophy, uh, who knows, I don't know, um, but it would be interesting if they put that up for play, um, in this feud of, uh, Violent by Design, Eric Young, Deaner and, uh, Joe Doring versus basically everybody, um, so yeah, um, after this, we get a Rich Swan promo, uh, that was uh, recorded after um, hard to kill uh, moose comes in and just beats the crap out of uh, of Rich Swann and talks about how uh, he moose had said that from bell to bell during that match at hard to kill uh, he was going to be the best teammate that Rich Swann and Chris Sabin ever had um, but once that bell rang. Once the match ended, Moose is back on his prowl for his title shot against Rich Swan. Uh and then Rich Swan cuts to uh what's supposed to be I guess live uh footage of Rich Swan saying, You know what, Moose, if if you want it, come get it. Uh I'm going to the ring. Uh and yeah. So it made it seem like we'd have a Red Swan versus Moose match tonight, but that is not what we had. Uh, but we'll get to that later. After this, we get AC Romero and Johnny Bravo coming to Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer is taking selfies um, because, of course, he is. And AC Romero and Johnny Bravo talk about how, you know, AC's broken the case. He has found who. Uh, who sprayed Larry D with the ring rust, uh, and who had supplied him with the gun to shoot Bravo. And Tommy Dreamer's like, this has been over for months. Like, we already solved this. And AC's like, well, if you remember at Wrestler's Court, I was the fingerprint analysis person. And I can tell you that this bottle of ring rust and the gun have one set of prints in common. So... He's narrowed it down to one person who gave it to him, um, interesting stuff here, um, also, uh, after this, we get the good brothers coming to the ring, uh, Chris Saving comes out and saying that, you know, we never lost those titles and we're still number one contenders for them since we get our rematch clause, uh, so we want the titles back, I want the title back. Um, and the good brothers basically are like, well, yeah, the Mercy machine guns have that, but Alex Shelley's not here. And Chris Sabin says, yes, I know Alex Shelley isn't here right now. Uh, so I, I called in a favor. I called in a new partner that I have right now. Out comes James Storm. Um, so the beer guns are back, um, as they were called a few months ago when they, they randomly teamed together when Shelly was injured before, um, and they're saying how they want the number one contendership, they think that they should uh, challenge the Good Brothers right here, right now, Good Brothers are like, well, James Storm isn't number one contender, you can't just choose your partners for it, out, and then all of a sudden, Matt Hardy's music in a- from AEW starts playing, and out come Matt Hardy and Private Party, so we have our next group of, uh, A.W. Invaders here. And Matt Hardy, uh, talks about how he, is big money Matt, he had put, uh, Impact back on the map years ago. Uh, he saved them from bankruptcy, he saved them from being bought out numerous times, um, and he had never lost the tag titles before he left Impact at last, um, and that Private Party have a big match tomorrow on the number one wrestling program in the world, AEW Dynamite, um, and that they want a, he wants to book Private Party in a warm-up match, which would be for the Impact Tag titles, uh, and so they end up making Private Party versus Savin and Storm, uh, the main event for tonight, winner of this match becomes the number one contender for the Good Brothers titles. Uh, interesting. I think this raises the stock a little bit of uh, Private Party because, you know, uh, if they're able to hang with Saban and Storm uh, and if they end up are able to hang with the Good Brothers, I think that's definitely very, very interesting. Um, also, I, I think, it again, I don't think either company... Hurts from this relationship, and I think having uh, an established Impact guy like Matt Hardy uh, bringing over um, uh, private party helps boost that as well. And people, if you just watch Impact and don't pay attention to AEW, will be like, "Oh, Matt Hardy! I remember him when he was on Impact and WWE." And maybe if if he's responsible for a private party, they must be really good too. Maybe I'll check them out on AEW. Um just wishful thinking. Um after this we've got uh Faya and Flava, uh Kiera Hogan and uh Tasha Steeles uh talking to Alicia Edwards and asking her if she can MC the Fire and Flava festival next week uh on Impact T V She says she can. Uh, Then uh, they are talking uh, to Johnny Swinger, of all people, because he says, Oh, what type of packages are you offering for this festival? I've got the cash. and He points to his uh, fanny pack that uh, he stole from Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan. They notice it. And then out comes Falaba, who I forgot existed. Uh, cause he hadn't been on TV in a while, and he's like, of course you guys know that Fanny Pack, you stole that from me, that's my money, um, this is the most clear, like, he's not being silly, uh, he's not being, uh, he's not talking fast, he's very calm, cool, collected, I thought all about, sp- like, speaking like this it was very good, um, he wasn't, like I said, a silly character. He was just being honest with everybody. Um, and he he is a good talker when he isn't talking ridiculously uh, and, like, slapping his head over and over again. Um, Swinger then leaves while this is going on, uh, and out comes Brian Myers, uh, who complains about Falaba smelling. Falaba says that you're being very unprofessional right now, uh, I think if you you were a professional, you'd handle this in the ring. So let's go. Uh, so we get Fala Bob versus Brian Myers for later on in the night. Next up is Kimberly and Susan with Deanna Prazo in their corner versus Jordan Grace and Jazz. Jazz ha- has new gear uh, where it's a black jumpsuit with Jazz written in pink uh, to kind of mesh with... Uh, Jordan Grace's black singlet with the pink outline that she's been rocking lately. Um, This is a match that exists. Uh, Susan ends up pinning Jazz after Deanna gets it on the apron and hits uh, Jazz in the back of the head uh, with the knockout title belt. Um, And I think this is going to lead to Jazz versus Deanna Parrazo down the line, um, which I think is a really good matchup for Deanna uh, Deanna just got rid of Taya, um, who the longest reigning knockouts champ, uh, she's beaten Jordan, who's one of the more dominant knockouts of late, uh, she beat Sue Young, she gotten rid of Sue Young totally, she's beaten Rosemary, so this title reign has been very, very successful already, uh, or her two t- title reigns, I should say, um, have been successful, um, I, I still think she never should have lost the title to Sue Young to begin with, um, because I thought it was silly to have a a short title reign uh her first reign being very short after beating Jordan Grace uh, I think it should just been just one long reign um but that that can't really be debated at this point since you know uh, it's already happened um but uh her facing a legend like Jazz um if Deanna wins which I, I think she would um, considering Jazz has said over and over again that she is retiring, um, I, I think it just would be another notch in Diana's big belt right now, saying just how dominant of a knockout she truly is. Um, I, after this, uh, we've got Taya backstage, and she's talking to Gia Miller uh, about what's next for Taya and. Outcome Tommy Dreamer, AC Romero, and Johnny Bravo, who accuse her of being the fingerprints on the gun and the ring rust. Taya laughs and admits that she did it because she was tired of Bravo hogging the spotlight. Bravo had done nothing for her career, uh, and that she was tired of him, and she thought he was a bad match for Rosemary, who she still considered a friend. Um... And so she just wanted him out of the way. Um, security comes over and they're, as they're taking her away, uh, Bravo says, oh, what's going to happen to her? And, uh, Tommy Dreamer says, well, if she was lucky, she'd go down to Jacksonville state correctional facility, um, to live out her days, uh, as a reference to AEW, obviously, um, being in Jacksonville, uh. And Tommy follows it up with, but because of what she did, she's most likely going to Stanford maximum correctional facility for two to three years. Uh, And AC Romero follows this up with, well, at least it's not Baltimore. Uh, Obviously Stanford is in reference to WWE and WWE system uh, and Baltimore is in reference to, of course. Uh, Ring of Honor, so I thought this was a nice subtle jabs at these guys, Um, Taya's getting carried out of the building, and Rosemary stops them, uh, and she asks why this is happening, Uh, why did Taya try to kill Bravo, when Rosemary had said she had a plan, and that she was never going to actually marry Bravo, Uh, and Taya Says, yeah, I know, I should have listened to you. I just wanted to get it done my way. Uh, They hug, and then Taya is taken out of the building. Um, So it seems like Taya is gone. This is how they're writing her off. Um, Again, I think this is a little silly, considering, again, just how much of a major player Taya has been for Impact over the last few years. I think this is a weird send-off again. Um, But who knows? Who knows? um, maybe this is what she wanted, I, I, I can't think that that's what she wanted, um, but at least she got a really good final match, uh, with Diana, at Hard to Kill, um, yeah, um, Rosemary's then comforted by Crazy Steve, and she says, this is why we don't have friends, this is why we stick together, um, Crazy Steve says, uh, that's good, they put their heads together and laugh maniacally, And that segment is over. Uh, After this, we get our uh, AEW paid advertisement. And it's just Tony Schiavone on screen, and he's talking about how uh, this is a real production center. He's at the production center in Atlanta, Georgia. um, And he throws it over to Tony Khan, who's hanging out with Jerry Lynn in this black room. And talking about... uh, they do a quick rundown of tomorrow's AEW show uh, and then talk about why he sent uh, Matt Hardy and Private Party to Impact. And he says that Matt Hardy is the biggest carney in wrestling and AEW doesn't like carnies, so he wants, Impact, uh, he wants Matt Hardy to be Impact's problem for now because Impact is run like a carney show. Um and says that him and Jerry Lynn are going to uh they know that there's ta- a lot of talent in Impact that Impact really doesn't deserve because of how it's run. Uh and that they are going to scout and take notes. Uh and then it is revealed that they are actually in the impact zone and they are going to be at ringside for the main event. Uh which is very interesting. This is the first time we're seeing Tony Khan uh in the Impact Zone. Um, and it's also interesting that... Uh, again, I've said it before. Tony Khan isn't on screen really in AEW. He doesn't really have a presence. Like, he'll be backstage a few times. And you might see him uh, when they do backstage shots. Uh, but he's, he's not a presence on TV. Um, so it, it's interesting that they're, uh, uh, he's being this character on, uh, Impact, um, and it does seem like he's being himself, he's being his little goofy wrestling fan version of himself, which I think is great, um, after this Rich Swann comes into the ring, Swan talks about the match at Hard to Kill, and he blames himself and Moose for it, uh, he blames himself, uh, and Moose for the same reason, uh, that, Rick Swan couldn't trust moose as a partner, and so his focus was never truly on uh the good brothers and kenny omega the full uh his full attention i should say wasn't on them it was on moose as well um and if moose wasn't hadn't uh hurt Willie Mack, he would have been able to focus on this match, and he would have been able to pull out the win moose comes out. Moose, uh, says that, uh, he still wants the title and that he had done, he did everything he could to help, uh, the team get their win. Rich Swan says, well, if you want your title shot, you can have it right now. And Moose says, nope, I don't want it right now. This could be done on my time. And then Rich Swan attacks, uh, and lays out Moose, uh, hits him with the Phoenix Splash and stands tall, um... It's going to be interesting to see how they do this, uh, where they do Moose versus Rick Swann. Um, I think Moose is one of the hottest wrestlers right now in Impact. Um, I think his, mat- his performance in the match at Hard to Kill was outstanding. I think he was probably the best performer uh, in the six-man main event. Uh, and I-, I think that Moose versus Kenny Omega would be a really good match down the line. Um, I think that clearly omega has a title shot in line for rich swan since he pinned swan at hard to kill um i think the that would make sense would be for if omega is going to take the belt off of somebody take it off of rich swan and then maybe moose is going to be the guy that impact uh kind of falls behind uh, this is where you could get a moose face turn i guess uh and have moose be the guy to take the title off of kenny who knows we'll see um, after this we get Fallabah versus Brian Myers. This is not a good match. Uh Myers pokes himself in the eye uh to, and blames it on Falbah. Uh while the ref is distracted from this. Uh Myers uh low blows uh Falabao and picks up the win. Uh after this we get a backstage segment with Ace Austin and Madman Fulton talking about how if Impact really wanted to put their best foot forward they would put the best foot forward uh at the big shows and their best foot is having ace austin in big time matches uh but hard to yeah, but hard to kill showed that impact isn't ready for that uh and that they continued to limit themselves because they decided to put ace austin on a on the pre-show during a uh, to talk about a josh alexander match that he didn't care about uh and then when he decides to implant him and cat in implant himself into the the X Division title match and cash in his number one contendership trophy from the Super X Cup, uh, Impact Management says no to it uh, and decides to throw out uh, Matt Cardona at him, uh, who was previously paid uh, to not perform for his last employer. Uh, so Josh Alexander comes out and says that his job is to make sure that Ace Austin and other guys like him never reach their full potential, then that he will always be there to make sure that the next up and comers stay below him, um, because he is better than them. Um, Ace Austin stumbles, uh, and pushes, uh, Alexander, Alexander pushes back and then Madman Fulton clocks uh, Josh Alexander from behind saying nobody touches him uh, and then Matt Cardona comes and makes the save uh, and we are told that next week we will have Ace Austin and Madman Fulton versus Josh Alexander and Matt Cardona after this it is our main event um, actually right before this we also had uh, another Fire and Flavor segment Um, and it seems like Nevaeh and Havoc have unfinished business with them, um, and they said that they will be attending the festival, um, Fire and Flava say they don't have room for them, uh, and that the only room for them in this company is sitting at home with their cats watching, uh, the product. Um, after this is our main event. It is Beer Guns, Sabin and Storm versus Private Party with Matt Hardy at ringside with them. Um, this is a good match. Um, Private Party was really showing that they can hang with these guys. Um, pretty early on, uh, Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn do get to ringside and sit down. Tony is writing notes in his little blue notebook, um, I thought Saban and Storm, uh, considering they don't tag very often, I can't remember how many matches they've actually had together. Um, all I know is that they appeared like once together uh, since I've started watching. Um, and they they just have really good chemistry. Um, I think that helps considering that they've worked together as opponents uh, for so long. Uh, and they're also just very good veterans that it just helps. Um, the private party, considering how young they are, considering uh, that we don't really get to see them as much on AEW as I think some people would like, uh, they really showed that they can flourish uh, against the best. Um, near the end of this match, uh, I believe it was Isaiah Cassidy um, and Chris Sabin left in the ring. Uh, Sabin is up on the top rope. Um, and Matt Hardy gets on the right uh, on the apron to distract the ref, um, and Jerry Lynn hops over the barricade, grabs Sabin's leg, um, which allows Mark Quen to come in, uh, and they and Private Party hits the gin and Juice for the win. Uh, Tony Con- Jerry Lynn hops back over the barricade and celebrates with Matt Hardy and Tony Khan, um, and then the Good Brothers come out. And all three teams just start brawling inside the ring. Um, And that's how the show ends. Um, I think this is going to be interesting how um, it does seem like AEW is fully becoming an invading force now to try to take these titles off of Impact guys. Um, We now see Tony Khan... Being an actual character on impact television which is weird uh and jerry lane of all people as well um and I, I, I i'm not against it um it's gonna be interesting to see what side kenny takes at this point because he is an aw talent but he's managed by don callis who is the evp of impact and he's best friends with the good brothers so it'll be interesting to see what goes on here um, I'm going to give this a thumbs up, um, and yeah, uh, this is, like I said, a very, it's a much shorter episode of, uh, the Impact Power Hour, we don't have Angelo here, so I'm not going to be going back and forth with things, uh, but yeah, uh, let us know if you had any, uh, different, uh, takes, uh, and, uh, reminder that later today we will also have our AEW review, uh, with, uh, pat and joey out later uh so be on the lookout for that uh thank you guys and have a great day bye